Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1 with All Care Pharmacy. Discover a healthcare team that's always here for you at All Care Pharmacy, Ireland's largest community pharmacy network. Good morning and welcome to the programme. This morning, ructions over the ending of the evictions ban. We'll get to that in just a moment. Also, we examine the growing costs linked to building or improving a home in Ireland today. And as older people are advised to get back out there by the Chief Medical Officer, we'll get advice on where to start. The battle for Bakhmut, an eyewitness account from the front line in the Ukrainian town. A new book takes a closer look at what happened behind the walls of the Magdalen Laundry in Dublin. Mancon McGann explores the fascinating world of nature, Oskelga, and tickets for the Eurovision to be held in Liverpool go on sale today. You can text us this morning, 51551, email todaycb at rte.ie. Or on Twitter, we are at Today with Claire. Now, at Cabinet this morning, it is expected that the ban on evictions will not be extended beyond this month. But protections for renters on the, under the existing legislation will continue until June. I'm joined now by Daniel McConnell, political editor with the Irish Examiner. Good morning, Daniel. Good morning, Claire. Lots of controversy around this decision, which followed this meeting between the party leaders and the housing minister, Dara O'Brien, last night. And we had heard all of these calls from homeless charities and opposition parties to extend the ban. So remind us firstly what exactly is happening for renters today. Okay, so you're absolutely right. So there have been lots of calls in recent days for this ban, which is due to lapse on the 31st of March, to be continued given, I suppose, the the, the acute pressures that still exist within the housing market. Um, However, the government last night, and certainly up until about kind of mid-afternoon yesterday, we were still being guided to that point that a a temporary ban was somewhat likely. However, there was a sticking point around what to do in relation to landlords. And ultimately, so that meeting of Dara Bryan with the three coalition party leaders, Michal Markham, Leo Varadkar and Eamon Ryan last night, heard not only from Dara Bryan, but also from the Attorney General and from others as to, I suppose, the the ins and outs of all of this, the, the pros and cons of all of this. And it ultimately was decided that one, that the, the the ban hasn't ex- hasn't stopped the drift into homelessness or the numbers of people presenting uh, or people being evicted, and two, there's a substantial and mounting cost on the other side in terms of the treatment of landlords. So ultimately, I think the conclusion was that it, it wasn't merited in terms of continuing on. Also, we know that in the mix of all of this, there had been obviously talk of you know additional tax breaks for landlords and all of that sort of stuff. But it, my, my information is very clear is that the Department of Finance were kicking back on that and doing anything outside the normal budgetary process. So what we got out of that meeting last night was this, the lapsing of, of the moratorium on, on, on March 31st. Obviously, given the phased nature of when tenancies will lapse and when notices of quit were issued, there's protections for some renters up until June 18th, um, but that's when ultimately it'll be gone in its entirety. But mm-hmm. what we're also hearing is that there will be other measures you know, in relation to kind of dealing with student accommodation, dealing with other kind of, you know, short-term rent, giving local authorities greater powers to to step in where, say, tenants are on the HAP or the RAS, which are, you know, the, the housing assistance payments or the rental assistance payments. 
the, the local authorities will essentially be given first dibs to, to buy the house that in question if and when a, a notice to sale is given. So there are measures being, being undertaken and there are a, a suite of options. I was guided again this morning very clearly but this is still an open discussion that albeit notwithstanding it going to Cabinet, you know, they are willing to take the views of other ministers. So, you know, it, there may be further twists and turns in this uh, later today. Ah, oh, OK, that's interesting in itself because normally when a decision like this gets to the Cabinet stage, that's just a matter of rubber stamping, really. But you're saying there could be some discussion and perhaps another about turn? I, I'm not necessarily saying that far, but certainly I think they're leaving it open to hear the views of ministers at the cabinet table. But certainly, that this was what was clear last night. That, you know, that the mood music was going, you know, going into that meeting of the leaders, and Dara Ryan was going one way, and they came out going a very different way. You know, at very late last night, mm-hmm. uh, and ultimately, I think that 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 guidance by the Attorney General did have. Uh, a significant input to that meeting and obviously that warning in relation to you know that the, that the continued increase in the numbers drifting into homelessness representing certainly impacted on the, the decision but it's not one that's sitting easy with cabinet you can make that, that that's certainly very clear and, and certainly that there is I think what they're likely to do is give space that should there be kind of a very strong view coming from say the Green Party or elsewhere they certainly want to allow that, that, that those views to be articulated. Now, we could still come out of Cabinet at the end of the day with the, the same decision, but I was just being guided this morning that you know it's still somewhat open a little bit and the discussions still have to take place, so it's not necessarily a rubber stamping as, as we, we have seen in, in, in previous circumstances. OK, now you said earlier that this conversation uh, yesterday, one element of it was amongst the party leaders and the Minister for Housing, that this hasn't reined in homelessness figures. But John Mark McCafferty from the organisation Threshold this morning Morning Ireland said he expects to see increased homelessness in the short term. Is the government taking a bet that that's not going to happen? No, I think they're probably fearful that it will. But I suppose what they're saying, it's kind of the lesser of two evils here. And in terms, again, that legal warning from the Attorney General that the state would have essentially been exposed to a legal challenge was one that just could not be dismissed easily. Um, but also as well, I, I, I think as well that you know, the ban was brought in essentially to, to stop people being made homeless. And if people are still being made homeless at a number and at a scale that is is significant, then you have to, you know, when the cost of, of keeping that ban in place is mounting all the time and, and simply, and the numbers are still going up, you have to beg, you have to ask the question, well, is it actually working or are there other solutions that need to be brought forward to address that drift into homelessness mm-hmm. or that drift into uh, the, those tendencies being triggered? Because there is that very real concern that there is a, a kind of an absence or an exodus of accidental landlords from the market uh, and smaller landlords landlords. So, you know, there, there is this sort of fine balance that needs to be struck. But obviously for the opposition, they're obviously going to rein in on this and I think the government knows they're, they're going to come in come in for very, very strong attacks in it all at leaders' questions later on today. And we're not going expecting an announcement on supports for landlords, tax breaks for landlords. That announcement and that policy isn't going to be put in place today or before the next budget, is it? No, I would. I was being guided very strongly that you know, like the Department of Finance are clear that you know, taxation measures or measures of that nature are for budget day and only on budget day, and and they don't really, you know, when you're only in on the seventh of March, you don't really want to be bringing in an emergency budget. Um, now they may come under significant pressure in, in the months ahead to maybe do something before October, but as of now, certainly it's in the context of a budget where you can you put together supports for landlords and tenants, kick it, kick the tires around and make sure it's properly costed. Do you do the homework on it essentially? Um, 
but certainly as of now that, that there's not an intention to do something in the short run other than I suppose look at you know giving local authorities more powers to buy houses and, and mitigate on that side of the of the mm-hmm. argument rather than uh, dealing with the, the, the sort of taxation issues that, that have obviously come up. And giving tenants, I know you mentioned this, but giving tenants first refusal if a landlord is planning to sell, that is something that's likely to happen, is it, in conjunction with the ending of the eviction ban? Yeah, so this is an, an issue that local authorities, you know, have sought greater powers and greater flexibility and more money from Dara Bryan to essentially, you know, step in where, you know, say a family raised their hand and say, listen, we've been given a notice to quit. You know, can you step in and, and buy the house? There's been a, an intention and a clear desire for Dara Bryan uh, to do that. And I think he's, he's, he's won that argument winning government to essentially put that, that, that system in place. It'll be up for the local authorities to move that. And I suppose what Dara Bryan was saying is that there has been so, some success over the winter period. Period, you know, there's essentially been an emergency period, and you know they, they reckon. And numbers given to me this morning say that the four thousand new bills were delivered, uh, along with four hundred and thirty to five hundred and thirty acquisitions, and other six hundred lease arrangements were put in place, all for social housing over that winter period. So they're saying things have been done already, but I think what this will do is give local authorities that power to move very, very quickly. Say, listen, on a Friday afternoon, a family has put up their hand. The council will get first refusal essentially in terms of the, 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 but obviously at a market rate, and that comes at a considerable cost. Yes, and that's if the council is going to buy it and they might have the wherewithal to do it. But if you're looking at a private tenant and they put their hand up and say, We'd like to buy this house if you're selling it, landlord, but the landlord would expect them and they would need to match the highest bid for that house. And not everyone will be, or very few people, I would imagine, would be in a position to do that. No, they won't. And ultimately, that, and we're in a, a point where the market is very inflated at the moment. Um, and, you know, there is that, that, that sense of competition. And we know that, you know, whenever, you know, a house comes up, particularly family homes, you know, with you know, the three-bed semis with a, with a garden come up, you know, there's huge interest. And there's always, we see gazumping taking place all the time. So there is a real risk here to the state, you know, if, if the state was to get involved in sort of bidding against other buyers. You know, should, is that really what the state should be doing? So there are there are significant questions that have to be asked here. And ultimately, we'll get the, the meat of the detail, I suppose, on all of that later today. And obviously, we, we'll be looking to see what was in that full memo that Dara Bryan brought to Cabinet this morning. OK, uh, more on that, this in just a moment. But also at Cabinet today, uh, Daniel, I wanted to ask you about the issue of counter-drone technology at Dublin Airport. What's happening with that? Yeah, so Transport Minister Eamon Ryan and Jack Chambers will ask government to approve plans to appoint the Dublin Airport Authority as the operator of that counter-drone technology. Now, we're told that this is several weeks away from being implemented. This comes on, on the way, or, you know, in the wake of six uh, operational shutdowns in recent weeks at Dublin Airport because of drone activity in, in the vicinity of the airport. We know there's existing legislation you know, which basically makes it illegal to fly these drones in, in the vicinity of the airport. However, it's clearly not working and ultimately there's a recognition that Dublin needs to get in line with the likes of Gatwick which had a major shutdown in 2018-2019 for, for almost 24 hours um, that it needs this additional technology uh, and obviously you know we, we've heard you know, fears being raised that the, the the pending visit of Joe Biden could be jeopardised if something is not done. So Eamon Ryan, you know, has, and along with Jack, Jack Chambers, uh, who has line responsibility here, are bringing this uh, proposal to government for approval. And I'm sure, certainly sounding out people this morning, it, it's likely to go through very quickly without any sort of major opposition. Daniel, thank you very much for all of those insights. Daniel McConnell there, political editor with the Irish Examiner. NASA Harrigan, Green Party TD for Dublin Central, is on the line now. Good morning to you. Now, 
at. We'll come back to NASA Harrigan in a moment. I'm also joined by Richard Boyd Barrett, People Before Profit TD for Dunleary and spokesperson on housing. And John Cummins, who's Fine Gael Senator and member of the Oireachtas Housing Committee. So John, first to you. I mean, there are very many concerns around the ending of this eviction ban. I'm sure you heard Threshold this morning, John Mark McCafferty saying there is going to be a raft of additional homelessness when this comes to an end in April. How can the government stand over this? The first thing I have to say, Claire, is obviously we've heard the reports uh, from Danny there. Uh, he's outlined them um, as they are at this moment in time. But I have to preface everything I say by saying that there's no cabinet decision uh, communicated at this point. Uh, but, you know, the Taoiseach did say yesterday in Watford that, you know, this isn't a black and white uh, decision. There's pros and cons uh, to extending uh, the eviction ban. And, you know, all of these have to be weighed up. And that's what cabinet is doing this morning. Now there's always been warnings about a cliff edge here, a flood of homelessness following the lifting of the eviction ban. That warning was reiterated this morning. What do you say to that? Well, I think it's important to say that, you know, this was brought in as a short-term measure. It was legislated as such. Uh, There were votes. I don't think there was any votes uh, against the legislation when it was introduced back in October. And it was always uh, to run until the end of March and be lifted on a phase basis right through to the 18th of June. So depending on when your tenancy um, was was taken up and the date in which the notice was served, that depends on when uh, that notice period will run out between now and the 18th. So yeah, there is still that's, edge. That was that how, was how the legislation was constructed okay. and passed by all members of the Iraq. How can you say there's no cliff edge? Well, because the protections were built in so that uh, tenancies, depending on when they started and depending on when uh, the date of notice was served, that uh, the the protection period would essentially lapse between the 1st and the 18th of June. So it's different for every single tenancy. And that's so you're either going to be evicted if you've if you've had a notice, John, you're either going to be evicted in April, May or June. It might not be a cliff edge, but it's a very steep mountain. Well, it's important to say, Claire, this legislation was introduced on a temporary basis and it was passed by all members of Euroctus. Yeah, but nothing basis. changed, John, in the interim. We're, well, st- we're in the same situation well, as we were well, back in October. Well, I would like to address that point. I, I don't think that's a fair uh, charge. We've seen 30,000 new homes uh, completed last year. We've seen thousands of new social housing uh, brought on stream through new bills, acquisitions, leases. You know, we've had 1,500 uh, voids brought back into use in the last two quarters of last year. So we in do. We, so what you're saying now have, is, John, we, we don't need the eviction ban anymore. Everything is grand. Well, I, I, I didn't say that, Claire, and, you know, don't put words but, into my mouth. But that's what where I'm you're heading, that, John, with that but, argument. But, you're saying so sorry. much has changed since the eviction ban was put in place that we don't need it anymore. No, the, the, the temporary protection measures were put in place for the winter period. That was accepted by all parties back in October when this legislation was passed. It's not fair to say that the government has not uh, acted in the intervening period we have. If you look at even uh, a scheme in my own county in Watford, 71 one and two bed properties, which is going to be ready in May for older persons over 55 years of age, done through the repair and lease scheme. Your primetime programme ran an excellent package 
package on it last year that's repurposing an old property bringing it back into productive use for housing okay. and there's countless examples of those right across the country right, so Na- we are acting NASA Harrigan is back on the line Green Party TD for Dublin Central Good morning to you uh, NASA so we heard your warning yesterday that now is not the time to end the eviction ban that's exactly what we hear is said to be approved at Cabinet today so what are your thoughts this morning? I think it's completely the wrong decision and I'm very disappointed that there was nobody in the room with those three leaders to speak up for Green Party values and Green Party policy. Oh, well, but, your, but your leader Green was Party there. Policy, the Green Party leader was well, there. Well, he, he obviously didn't speak to our policy because our policy is to extend the eviction ban until the crisis is in some way addressed. And, and I can list out all the different ways that we could address the crisis. But right now, I can tell you, and I'm glad to hear that there's houses being you know retrofitted and brought online in other constituencies. But in Dublin Central, where I am, the level of homelessness is through the roof and I can guarantee you that next month I will be sitting in constituency clinics and there will be mammies coming in to me saying I am being evicted through no fault of my own this is no fault evictions and I am now going to have to move my children are going to have to be removed from their school and go somewhere else and there are no more there are no more hotel rooms in Dublin Central there are no more B&Bs I genuinely do not know where we are going to put people. The eviction ban was like a sticking plaster. It was like, you know, an an emergency situation so that we could take action in the meantime and do the radical surgery. But the housing minister and the three leaders of the coalition haven't done that surgery. We haven't done the things that we needed to do before we lifted the ban. So Eamon Ryan was um, speaking to journalists on his way into Cabinet this morning. He was asked about opponents within his own party who are against the lifting of the ban. That's yourself, NASA. He said he heard Mm -hmm. his colleagues saying we shouldn't do it if we didn't get further protection for renters. He went on to say I'm confident that what we've done will actually provide that further protection and I think it's the right thing to do. I have no knowledge of what further protection we're talking about here. Certainly I am learning about this in the same way as everybody else is which is watching journalists tweet at us about what might be happening in that room with the three leaders and whether cabinet is going to rubber stamp it or not. If if we're referring to the idea that people get first refusal, I am actually embarrassed to be on a national radio station pointing out that if people had the resources and the financial um, you know, means to buy a property, they would be doing that already. And if we were serious about buying properties on behalf of, let's say, local authorities or AHBs, then we'd actually have to borrow money in a serious way and not in the piecemeal way we've been doing so far. So neither of those protections are realistic. If we were realistic about it, we could do things like removing sale as a reason for eviction. We could do things like preferential tax subsidies for forever tenancies and landlords who are happy to have extended tenures. We We could do like preferential capital gains tax rates if you want to sell to a state or a semi-state body. We could do things like um, better financing for state purchase and for cost rental and more creation of that. None of those things have been put in place during the eviction ban. So I can't see that there was any... I just think this is a completely thoughtless decision. And I, in Dublin Central, and I know my constituency is unique... But I can't tell you the impact this is going to have in Dublin Central. Our homelessness services are already beyond breaking point. Yeah, so this clearly has been approved by your party leader, which is a, a strange situation now for you to be in again saying this this morning on national radio. Cabinet, though, does have sign-off on this, NASA. You have your colleagues, Catherine Martin, Roderick O'Gorman and Pippa Hackett, who will be sitting around that table as we speak, along with Eamon Ryan, who was at the meeting last night. Do you think they're just going to sit there and say nothing and agree to this? What do you expect they're going to do? 
My reading of the way decisions are made currently is decisions are made in a room with the three coalition partners and then the cabinet rubber stamps it. Now, I, I know what Daniel said earlier, and that is news to me. I, I am not given to understand that there's any real debate in that room happening. But, but if, if rubber stamping is not the case, then I would urge them to reflect into that room what is actually Green Party policy. And, and this, this decision does not reflect that. They should do more than reflect, though, if it's Green Party policy and if they disagree with it as strongly as you do, NASA, surely they should stand up and walk out. Listen, I'm very wary of making this debate, which is about people losing their homes through no fault of their own, around the internal politics of, of the Green Party yet again. No, it's bigger than this that. Is, it's bigger than that. This. It's bigger than that. If the Green Party ministers sit at that cabinet table this morning and rubber stamp this, you're saying that this is going to lead to people losing their homes in the next couple of weeks. Yes, I am saying that. And I think this is now about priorities. What are our priorities here? Do we really want to protect people? Because we could extend this ban for another, let's say, and nobody is suggesting, and I take the constitutional issues seriously, nobody is suggesting that this eviction ban is a permanent ban. Nobody is suggesting that. What I am suggesting, though, is take a few months and get this right. Do some actual protection of tenants. And, and this is about priorities, and I, and I really hope that, you know, everybody in that room thinks about that. Well, where does this leave the Green Party? Like, what is the point of being in government if your colleagues have to sit around the table and rubber stamp this, which you clearly don't agree with? I think, you know, when these decisions are made, and I think coalition is very unique because you have, you know, the three men in the room making this decision and then bringing the decision out. Um, I, I think you're really relying on somebody to, to reflect or to, to talk about what your party policies actually are in the room. And I know that the, obviously the government is led by Fine Gael Taoiseach and I suspect that, you know, this process of kind of putting, you know, the, the investment interests of people who have two or three homes ahead of the basic needs of people who have none suits Fine Gael fairly well. But it doesn't suit the Green Party. And, and I think we need to be clear about that. It might suit your leader, though, it seems. That, look, as I said, I haven't spoken to Eamon in the last few days, so I well, don't we know, know what he supports it. Well, we know he supports it. He said it on his way into Cabinet this morning publicly that he supports this measure. Well, this measure is not in line with party policy. Will you vote against government in a vote on this issue? There is no vote on this issue, unfortunately. Um, I, I don't think I need to say that I'm well capable <laughs> of voting against the government yeah. when, I, when I'm passionate enough about something. But unfortunately, this legislation lapses and there is no vote. OK, so what, what can you do? Um, I, I suppose what I can do is, you know, speak to what our policy actually is and what I believe, what I hope, I genuinely hope, is actually what members want. Like, members create our policy. You know, we're a very grassroots party. Members have created a policy and recently reaffirmed their commitment to eviction and eviction ban where it's appropriate during a crisis. What I can do is speak to my colleagues and elevate that conversation and make sure that that is being heard and that our actual policies are out there in the public domain. Mm, but... If you stay in the Green Party once this legislation lapses, you're complicit then, aren't you? Well, now we're making it more about me than we are about the eviction ban. And but no, I, you, I think you that, feel, that's a fair question. You, no, that's a fair question. But, uh, you know, I don't know today about mm. that. All I, all I can do today is deal with this cabinet decision. We haven't actually even got that decision yet. Okay. And, and I think let's, let's keep the topic on the people in my, in my area that in 30 days will be receiving eviction notice. Yeah, and that's, that's more or less my point. You know, you have to face them.
Yeah, I you do. have to face them I as a Green Party do. TD yeah. that is supporting this policy. Well, as I said, there is no vote on this policy. I, I don't get to vote on this policy. This policy is made in a room with the three leaders of the coalition and yeah. the housing minister. I suppose what I'm saying is you could leave the Green Party over this. You know, I'm a Green Party politician, like uh, in a kind of a global sense. Like I, I, I want to be in politics to reflect Green Party ethics and Green Party um, you know, policies and coalition does constrain that and it does make that very, very difficult. But that's something that, that I have to deal with and today is not about that. OK, uh, John Cummins is still with us, Fine Gael Senator. What do you make of that, John? This could turn out to be a very serious issue for the coalition. Look, I've I've listened carefully to, to what Nessa uh, has said. Um, you know, I meet the very same constituents in my office in Waterford City and in Dungarvan. Uh, and, you know, I don't uh, treat this issue uh, any less uh, serious than, than Nessa does. Uh, we all acknowledge uh, the difficulties and constraints that are there uh, within the housing sector. But we are taking action. We are ramping up uh, the supply of housing. Supply is key here. Uh, everyone across all sectors uh, in society acknowledges that, uh, you know, we have put in uh, the measures in place and we'll continue to do that. Claire. But I think that's uh, NASA's point, that that work has not yeah. been done yet and you're ending the ban before it's completed. Well, well, I, I, I've given a number of examples of the things that we have done and you discussed the tenants in situ uh, policy with, with Danny at the top of the programme and that is in place for local authorities to be able to purchase uh, properties where a landlord is selling up and there is a half tenant uh, in place. Um, so, you know, it, it does already exist as do CPOs in order to take derelict and vacant properties, the repair and lease, the buy and renew scheme. Uh, you know, we've introduced the first home shared equity scheme to try and encourage Encourage uh, the supply of more properties. So there's a whole host. It's not one single uh, measure that's ever going to be able to be introduced to resolve uh, the housing okay. crisis. And we must use all mechanisms at our disposal to do so. Okay, stay on there because listening to all of that was Richard Boyd Barrett, People Before Profit TD for Don Leary and spokesperson on housing. So what we're hearing is the advice from the Attorney General last night appears to be, Richard, that the eviction ban just had to go. Do you accept that there was no choice? No, I don't accept that at all. And we've heard that excuse again and again and again prior to the introduction of some level of rent control, ineffective rent control, uh, as it was. Uh, we heard it before the first COVID division ban, and then all of these things happened, and there was no uh, legal problem. And the point here is that as a result of this cruel, inhumane decision, thousands of Families, individuals, and worst of all, children and elderly and sick people are now going to end up homeless when there is no affordable rental accommodation available, certainly in the vast majority of Dublin, and when there is no so, uh, state by instruction. Richard, uh, Richard unfortunately, your line isn't great. If you could just maybe even try moving a little bit. I just wonder how you know that that is the case, that there, there are all these landlords waiting there with their finger on the trigger of eviction notices. Are you clear that that is going to happen? There's absolutely, I mean, I'm dealing with cases every day where uh, people are threatened with eviction. Going into court this Friday with a family for threatened. Uh, with eviction and where they have absolutely nowhere to go. 
uh, and the government themselves, before they brought in the winter moratorium, said they estimated that two to two and a half thousand, if not three thousand, families and individuals faced the prospect of being evicted uh, over the winter months. All that is going to come and more because there is absolutely no affordable private rental accommodation out there. You go on daft.ie and you're looking at rents of two and a half thousand, three thousand euro a month. Ordinary people cannot afford that. Uh, and the government are not providing any alternatives. There's a trickle of social housing. There's no affordable housing. Uh, and the tenant in situ purchase scheme is not actually being done in reality. OK, but wh- uh, fact, what about that? Because the government, what we're hearing is that they're working on this package where tenants will be given first refusal on purchasing their home or that it should be offered to an approved housing body so that tenant can stay there. Does that reassure you? No, it doesn't. I mean, I spent yesterday on the phone with Dunleary Rathdown County Council trying to get one uh, family who are being evicted through no fault of their own to, to get the council to buy the house. And the council told me categorically they couldn't do it uh, and that the government scheme did not allow them to do it. because. But this is the point. This is the point, is it not? That what we're hearing about is that that will be in place once the eviction ban ends, that this is a measure they're going to take. Listen, they've been saying it for months. I was one of the people who actually put the argument first forward that we should do this about two years ago over a multi-unit apartment complex in Dunleary where there was mass evictions threatened. And the purchase of that complex still has not happened. And I know of dozens and dozens of cases where we're trying to get the local authorities to purchase and the government are not actually facilitating that to happen. And there's no sign that they have brought in the measures that would be necessary or agree the policy changes that would be necessary for that to happen. So in the absence of them actually doing that, uh, the idea that they're now going to let thousands more people go into homelessness when there's no emergency accommodation, when there's no affordable private rental and when there's virtually no social and affordable housing being delivered, it is cruel and inhumane what they are doing. And really, to be honest, it shows the government don't care and they are dancing to the tune of private property interests. John Cummins. Yeah, like it's just simply not the case. To say that the government doesn't care is is just a total misrepresenting rep, misrepresentation. Like I, I listened to Richard there for the for the last five minutes uh, talking about housing. The reality is, uh, you know, everyone acknowledges that supply is key. And Richard has objected to so many houses. I I I, I can't even count them. I've never objected uh, to a house. Supply is key here. We need to uh, ramp up supply. We are doing that. Uh, across all of the various different schemes that yeah. I've mentioned John, already. It's just, so it's not you're a not, fair but, but you're not addressing what NASA said there. And, and John Mark McCafferty I, said it as well from Threshold. He said, what do we advise these families to do in the coming weeks? Where, where do we tell them to go? That's what he said this morning. NASA's saying the same. Do you have any advice? Well, well, in in Watford's case, which I know uh, best, and my constituency office in Watford City is located very close to the integrated uh, homeless action team uh, on Parnell Street in Watford, the local authority is the first uh, port of call uh, if somebody has received uh, a a notice of termination. And the local authority will work uh, with all of the agencies, be it Focus, Threshold, all of the others, to assist people as they do every single day of the week. 
know, but the point is threshold, don't know what to tell people now. All right, listen, we're going to leave that one there. I'm sure we'll hear more about it as the morning progresses. Uh, Senator John Commons, NASA Harrigan TD and Richard Boyd Barrett TD, thank you all for joining us. Next up, a new book takes a closer look at what happened behind the walls of the Magdalene Laundry in Donnybrook in Dublin. I'll be speaking to two of its authors next. Text 51551. Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1.